Thank you, Erica. What a wonderful time of worship we have had this morning. What a wonderful way to celebrate Christmas. And uh, as we think about uh, all of what we have talked about over, really over the past month, as we th- have prepared our hearts for Christmas and the celebration that it is, we've been asking ourselves this question, what child is this? And as we think about where we are and it being Christmas Day, it's hard to avoid the fact that we ought to read the Christmas story as we often uh, refer to it. So I invite you, if you would, grab your copy of God's Word and turn with me to Luke chapter 2. Now our focus today as we study will be from verses 8 through 21, but in order to give us the proper context of what's going on and really to feel like we read the whole Christmas story together, read with me if you will, starting in Luke chapter 2 verse 1, and we will read down through verse 21. This is what we read. It says, in those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who is with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. When they saw it, They made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child, and all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. And at the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, what a gift you've given us in giving us your Son. Lord, in all the celebration that has already taken place today and all the celebration that will continue to take place today, Father, may our eyes be fixed on Jesus in the midst of all of it. Lord, we thank you for the good gifts of family and celebration and enjoyment together. We thank you for the ways in which you have provided for us and the ways in which you continue to do so. And Father, we thank you for your faithfulness. Father, More than anything else, we thank you for your love and sending your Son to save us. Before we recognized our need, before we knew our ultimate problem, Father, you knew it. Father, you dealt with it. You sent your Son. Father, thank you for Jesus. 
May we acknowledge him for the fullness of who he is, and may we go home like the shepherds went home, glorifying and praising you for all we have heard and seen as it was told us. Lord, we ask all of this in Jesus' mighty name and for his glory. Amen. So as we look at the Christmas story and as we think about where we are and we continue to ask ourselves, what child is this? We ought to hear the heavenly declaration that this is the King of Kings, that the King of Kings has come. And within the context of where we are, right, you acknowledge the census that's going on and all of the moving pieces that's involved with registering here and you got to go back to your hometown and you got to travel and many of you know what it's like to travel when you are uh, heavily pregnant. Those are hard days and hard moments. And we travel right through the text very quickly all the way to the point where they finally get to Bethlehem. And then she, the time to give birth shows up and then Mary gives birth and yet there's no place for them in the inn. And so they wrap Jesus in swaddling claws and lay him in a manger. And so while all of this is going on and all the wonderful details, all of the, the promises fulfilled and yet there it, it's finally come and it's finally happened. While all of this is going on, in verse 8 we're told in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. You can imagine there are the shepherds and all the background noise and they're just doing what they always have done. They're just watching their sheep. Pretty quiet business. You hear a little bond in the, in the distance. You can just imagine the cool breeze and the, the calm night. Hopefully it wasn't as cold there as it was here last night. Shepherds who were often looked down upon. Shepherds who were raising their sheep ultimately to bring them to the temple for sacrifice, but who were constantly looked down upon by all of the priests and those who served in the temple. They were the lowly and the uneducated. They were ritually unclean, and they were constantly reminded of it. And in the midst of doing what they always do in another day at the job, we are told in verse 9, an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. All of a sudden, the darkness of night is pierced with the glory of God. And if we're honest, if we were in that moment, we would have the same great fear. To witness the angel of the Lord show up. And we're told specifically here that the glory of the Lord shone around them. The holiness and the glory of God strikes us with fear. Because all of a sudden we realize, I don't deserve to be in His presence. When the light of His holiness shines on our lives, we recognize right quickly, I don't deserve this. I don't... I, don't, I have never earned this, and I'm afraid to be in His presence because of all of what is revealed about how much I don't deserve Him. And just like much how it goes at our own homes, light reveals the mess. You walk into the room and you turn the light on and then you really see what's going on in there. That's what's going on here as the lights come on. And yet, look at what God has done, that he doesn't just shine the light and say, look at the problem. He shines the light and says, look, in the midst of all of this and how it stirs your fear, there is reason for great joy because there's good news that's come. He says, the angel of the Lord says in verse 10, the angel said to them, fear not. 
For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Now, for the shepherds here, here they are, they've been minding their own business in fields at night. And all of a sudden, the sky is ablaze with the glory of God. And the first thing the angel says to them is, fear not. You can imagine, if, you, if I was one of those shepherds, I'd be like, are you serious? Like, how can you say that? But he immediately follows it up. Fear not. There's reason not to fear as your heart is beating out of your chest. He says, behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Like in the midst of the light and the dawning and the beauty of the glory of the Lord, look at the good news of the gospel. Look at the fact that the King of Kings in his coming calms our fears. He came to handle the reality that it is appointed a man wants to die and then comes judgment. He came to handle the reality of the fact that we recognize we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And the light of his glory reveals that. And yet he says, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Now we read this and we think, man, what an amazing birth announcement. Many of us have received those birth announcements in the mail, right? You got the sweet little baby and it's all wrapped up in the cute little blankie and it's got the little hat on it on his or her head, right? It's got the, the name on there. Maybe it's got the meaning of the name on there. Got the length because we're not measuring height yet. Got the weight. You look at it and you're like, oh, that's so sweet. Look at this birth announcement. You've got heaven's declaration, heaven announcing he has come. And it's good news not simply for Mary and Joseph and not, not simply for just a couple of people around them. It's good news of great joy that will be for all the people. No matter what your circumstances are, no matter who you are, the love and the grace and the hope and the life that's found in this child reaches all the way to you. Because the good news of his arrival doesn't just stop there in the manger. It goes all the way to the cross through the resurrection and into the ascension. That this baby came to deal with our sin and he has by dying on the cross for our sin and rising from the dead. The king of kings has come. And you might be asking yourself, well, how do we identify him as the king of kings? Well, verse 11 actually unpacks that for us. The angel says, for unto you is born this day. That this child is a gift of God's love, just as he was promised he would be. I'm sending the one. I will send my promised son. I will send the redeemer. I will send the righteous branch. I will send he who's going to deal with your sin. Promise after promise after promise after promise. Going all the way back to the Garden of Eden in Genesis chapter 3. He will send the one who will crush the serpent's head. He has come unto you. Is born this day. This gift of God's love. Well how can we be sure it's him? Well he's born in the city of David. Just as was promised in Micah chapter 5 verse 2. So it's like we got the destination, right? Well, that's good. That's a Christmassy thing to do. Aren't you glad Amazon got its destination right with all that stuff they dropped off of your house? Aren't you glad you didn't have to go to Walmart for all of that? I know I am. They got, he got it right just as he promised. 
So it's like you're, you're checking off the boxes. Well, yeah, that matches up. But not just born in the city of David as promised, but no, a Savior. That he fulfills the promise of his own mission to save us from our sins. That he would save us by bearing the punishment against our sin. And in saving us, when you receive Jesus as Savior and Lord, not only are you saved from the punishment against your sin, but you're saved from the power of sin at work in your life. That you're set free in him to live for his glory. Ultimately looking forward to the day when you close your eyes in death, but through faith in Christ you know you will be alive with him forevermore. And he ultimately rescues us from the presence of sin as well. This is our Savior. The suffering servant who deals with our biggest problem. He's the Savior. But he's also the Christ He's the Messiah. He's the one who fulfills the three anointed roles in the Old Testament, prophet, priest, and king. He's the fulfillment of all of that, the one that they've all been looking for. He has come, truly king of kings. But he's also Christ the Lord. A word that is used throughout the New Testament as a direct reference to God himself. He is the Emmanuel. He is God with us. God, fully God, is fully man. He's 100% God, 100% man. Here he is, our Savior, Christ, the Lord, Jesus, has come. Only God could do this, and only God did. And as the shepherds are taking all of this in and are astounded at the fact that they're even the ones hearing this great news and processing all of this, they're told in verse 12, it says, and this will be a sign for you. And we like signs, right? Signs are very helpful. We, We put signs all over our houses just to remind ourselves that it's the Christmas time of year, as if we're gonna forget, right? You got the big signs on the wall that say joy, and you're like, I remember Or one of Meredith's favorite signs that she has uh, in her house right above our kitchen sink. It says, are you married yet? Right? It's a good reminder, just in case. We like these signs because they're helpful and they're informative. We're like, all right. And, And especially when they're in a language and revealed in a way that we can understand them. And we read this, we're like, this will be a sign for you. And we're like, all geared up. We're like, okay, well, the heavens are ablaze with the glory of the Lord right now. What's the sign gonna be? Because we know from the Old Testament, what's it gonna be? Like a pillar of fire? Maybe he's gonna, he's gonna part the, the seas again and all of a sudden show it to him? Maybe there's gonna be some sort of weird burning bush. This will be a sign for you. You'll find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And before you're disappointed about the sign, it's better than we realize. Because we read this and we're like, what? What kind of sign is that? But think about who this is first spoken to. To the shepherds keeping watch over their flocks by night. And for the shepherds as they're processing this information, all of a sudden it would connect for them. 
This one who is a gift of love. This one born in Bethlehem. This one who, who is the Savior, who is Christ, who is the Lord. He's going to be wrapped in a swaddling cloth and laid in a manger. And for the shepherds, they would be like, that's what my parents did with me. That's what it was like when I was a kid. You mean he came to become like me in order to save me? Yes. That's quite a sign, isn't it? And all of a sudden, the glory of the Lord that lit up the sky became overwhelmingly and surprisingly relatable. See, a lot of times we read this story with sometimes so much familiarity that we lose the wonder of what's going on. The Son of God came in the flesh and became like us in order to redeem us. He became like us so that He can look into our lives and say, I understand and I'm going to save you. I know what it's like. He was tempted in every way as we are and yet was without sin. So therefore, when we cry out for him and him to help us to navigate what, in our own lives, to deal with the weight of what we've got going on, he alone can understand and he alone can do it and he alone will. What a sign. And see, understanding in this way gives way to exaltation because as soon as they are told this, in verse 13 it says, And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. That all of a sudden, right, the gentle breeze gives way, and as if it wasn't a big enough deal for the glory of the Lord to be shining all, over, all around, then we're told, a multitude of the heavenly hosts. Now, we're not told exactly how many this was. But if it's anything like other places where we find this, it could be something like 10,000 times 10,000. Where all of a sudden, the angel of the Lord is not by himself anymore, but you've got a hundred million angel choir going on. This is quite an announcement. Are we hearing the wonder of what's going on, that the King of Kings has come, and glory to God in the highest? That his arrival, his coming, who he is, brings highest praise. And I wonder, as we think about our Christmas celebrations, we ought to enjoy the family moments. We ought to enjoy the laughter and watching the kids do what they're going to do and the grandkids do what they're going to do. We ought to enjoy giving gifts to one another. We ought to enjoy those things. But can we declare glory to God in the highest in our own lives today? That as we pray, Lord, on earth as it is in heaven in my own life, this is on earth as it is in heaven. Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. Peace with God through faith in Jesus Christ. And that without faith it is impossible to please God. But with faith, he's pleased. Because you're trusting in the only one who can save you from your sins. The king of kings brings peace. See, this is an amazing story as we read it. And for many of us, that's 
Perhaps all it is. And until it becomes personal, until we, we see that this is not just something that happened long ago, but this is something that happened for us, for you, until you see it in that way, you won't have the same reaction as the shepherds. But could it be that this morning God is connecting the dots for you, that you would see the personal wonder of this, that you would go and you would meet Jesus as your personal Savior and go home from this place transformed? Because when the angels went away from them into heaven, verse 15, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. It's just funny reading that, isn't it? The hundred million angel choir all of a sudden gets quiet. They go away, and the shepherds are looking at each other and being like, let's go. Come on. They respond to the declaration. Let's go and see this one who's been given for us. And as we read this here from where we are historically and looking at what we're, we're looking at here within God's word, and we remember how he came. And we sing songs about how he came and the wonder of the incarnation of the Son of God, fully God and fully man, come to redeem us and save us from our sin. We remember why he came, that his mission is to a rescue mission to save us. We remember how he fulfills the mission, not only in coming, but in living in perfect righteousness, in dying in our place on the cross, and bearing our punishment, in rising from the dead. It's amazing thinking about all of this, and that we ought to run in this moment to him. This sense of excitement. But see, that sense of excitement is not going to be there until it's personal. You, you probably, maybe you still have them under the tree. I don't know what you did this morning. Maybe you got up early. If your kids are anything like ours, Christmas is an early day, right? The kids that you can't get out of bed every, every day of the week all of a sudden wake up at 5 a.m. You're like, seriously? Nevertheless, right? So when you've got the boxes under the tree... You look at the name, and it's got somebody else's name on it, and you're like, oh, that ain't for me. I don't want it. That's not mine. There's no sense in me getting excited about it because it doesn't belong to me. That's how many of us are as it relates to Jesus. Thinking, oh, that's not mine. It doesn't have my name on it. I beg to differ. Until we see it as personal, until we see him as personal and his coming as personal, we're not going to run with great haste, as it says, that they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. They're running over there. They're going to find him. It's, it's true, just as we were told. This is amazing. And that there he is, wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. It's the gift of God himself given for me. In verse 17 it says, And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child, and all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them, but Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. They made it known. They saw it. What is it? They saw the sign. Just as it was told them. They start to tell What's going on? I, I got to tell you. It's like they're running in there. I got to tell you what we just heard. 
Now, for any mama in here, if somebody runs into your house and be like, I got to tell you a story about your child, your ears are going to perk up. You're probably going to be like, what are you about to say? And here you can imagine the shepherds telling this story just like kids tell a story, right? Where they're interrupting each other all the time. And they're, you know, one's talking a little bit, but like, oh, don't forget this. And telling a little bit more of the story. And then, oh, don't forget this. And telling a little bit more of the story. And as they go and as it's unfolding, all who heard it wondered. It's amazing that God is this involved, that God cares this much, that we would know this much. And the danger for us this morning is that as we read such familiar words, we can approach it like it's an old rerun. Be like, oh, I've seen this one before. It's pretty good. And miss the wonder of what God has done for us. He came to save us. He came to tell us He came to save us. He came to make it known. And that not only does he save us from our sin, but he fulfills all those beautiful promises in Isaiah chapter 9. That the one who is the light to the nations is also the wonderful counselor for us in the midst of all of our trials. He's also the almighty God who's at work in our hearts and lives when all we know and all we have is just an abundance of weakness. He's the one who is one with the Father, who reveals the Father's love to us. He's the one who is the Prince of Peace in the midst of all of our calamity. He is the Emmanuel. He is God with us. When it feels like this day above all days is just full of what feels like isolation. There's so much to say here, isn't it? You can imagine the Shepherds just stumbling all over themselves trying to say it. And we're told Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. Now that's an interesting point that, they bring, that this is brought up here in the Gospel of Luke. Because Mary already knew all the theological facts, right? You can in fact just back up and read Luke chapter 1. And you know along the way, God has through the angel already revealed much of this to Mary. Even making the declaration, nothing will be impossible with God. And that Mary believes. And you can go and you can read her song there in Luke chapter 1 and be reminded of all of these things. What is Mary treasuring and pondering in her heart? That he who had come and is personal to her is now personal to the shepherds as well. That he who is her Savior is also the Savior of these castaways and the lowest of the low. And that God made himself known. And she's treasuring and pondering lives transformed and changed by Jesus. And that the best gift has been given. And she's treasuring this and pondering this and the lasting impact that he has upon lives. See, so many of us who are, who are gathered here to worship today are gathered here to worship because Jesus has had such a profound impact upon our lives. We can enjoy all the, all the fun of Christmas and everything else, but we recognize that what matters on every day, not just Christmas Day, is what Jesus has done for us. He's transformed everything. He's the best gift. And notice what happens in the lives of the shepherds. It says, the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. 
They went home. They went back. They returned to the fields. But they returned to the fields glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. They had heard the message. They had seen its fulfillment. What a faithful God we have. Our Savior's here. He's come. The Messiah's here. He's come. The Emmanuel is here. He's come. What a reminder for us this Christmas to meet the personal Savior. Because it makes all the difference in the world. Then this is not just some distant story of some religious tradition that we do. This is the one who saved us from our sin. This is the one who came for you. This is the one who calls us to himself. And that we would go home today glorifying and praising God for all that we had heard and seen as it had been told us. All of his mercy and all of his grace and all of his love and all the peace that he provides. That he is both that God is both just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Because believe it or not, December 25th is going to roll over and December 26th is going to come. All the anticipation of everything that we've worked up to today, all you're going to be left with is a bunch of paper in the garage and some leftovers to eat. And hopefully the toys have lasted this long. What's going to be the hope for December 26th? Does the glory and praising of God continue on when you know Jesus as your personal Savior? It does. Carries you through the 26th and then the 27th. Carries you into the new year. And it's like, well, what's the theme of the next year going to be? Well, it's going to be the glory and the praise of God because that's, that's the theme of the heart and life that's been transformed by Jesus. Don't ever forget his name. We're told in verse 21, at the end of eight days when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. The name Jesus, which means Yahweh, Jehovah, is salvation. The only name given among men by which man can be saved. Is he your Savior? Is he your Lord? Do you trust him today? Is this more than a religious tradition for you? Will you go home from here, reminded of the Christmas story, glorifying and praising God for all you have heard and seen? Trust in Christ Jesus today. Know Him as Savior and Lord. And have a life that's lived to the praise of His glory. We've all probably received gifts today. Many of the gifts that we've probably received, we probably did not actually need. We enjoy them, but it's not going to be something that's going to meet our deepest need. That gift has already been given, and His name is Jesus. The deepest need in our own hearts is that we need forgiveness of our sin we need somebody to save us 
We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We've all lied and we've all lusted. We've all coveted. We've all done these things that we know are wrong. And we've all worshipped other things. We've all done all of these things and we know that. And it haunts us. We need help. Jesus is that help. Jesus was sent specifically to save you, to transform your life. Not only that you would know forgiveness through faith in Jesus, but that you could go back to whatever circumstance you find yourself in and you can glorify and praise God because He who met you in your circumstance of hardest sin and weight in your own life and in your own rebellion is He who's going to carry you to the very end. Trust in the God who keeps His promises today. Trust in Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord, the King of kings, sent for you. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word and, Lord, the reminder of the wonder of what you have done for us. Lord, in this moment now, as we have opportunity to respond, even as the shepherds responded, Lord, may we respond to the one whom we know is personal Savior. And Father, if there is anyone here who, under the sound of my voice here today, who has never known Jesus as Savior and Lord, Lord, we pray that in their hearts and lives today, Lord, that by your Spirit, you would show that this is not just a story. This is not just religious tradition. This is a gift that's been given for them. And Father, that they would turn away from their sin and trust in Jesus as Savior and Lord and go home transformed. Father, in all of our hearts and all of our lives and all the ways in which you have met us here today, may our response to you reflect that we acknowledge the King of kings has come, our personal Savior and Lord. Be honored as we respond to you today in faith. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.